I always remind people you are the gatekeeper for your well-being and mental health in this arena. Let your mind have the time to relax and not have to process. Um, take time to be still and just remember we are human beings, not human doings. everyone, this is Darby McClatchy, the Communications Director here at St. Gabriel Catholic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're back today with Episode 3 in our podcast series on anxiety, which we're offering through our parish's mental health and wellness ministry. And we love the feedback we've received on our first two episodes, so thank you for that. And we're grateful to continue talking with two members of our parish Christine Simpson, she's a therapist in private practice, and Father Mike Mitchell, our parochial vicar. Last time we talked with them about some strategies for reducing anxiety, and we're happy to continue that conversation today. And again, we'd like to mention that we're offering this for education and information only. It's really important to talk with your own medical or mental health professional about your personal situation. So let's get started. Christine, welcome back. Thank you. So in our last conversation, you shared some strategies like movement and deep breathing and the impact that those simple tools can have if we develop a habit of using them on reducing anxiety. Let's talk more about habits and routines and how those can impact anxiety. Great, yeah. I think uh, it's very important to talk with people about managing stress and anxiety by how they provide structure and routine in their day. Um, Structure and routine are um, a great comfort for people, and I think it's been one of the reasons that COVID has caused such distress for us. It's interfered with our typical way of living, and the virus itself has been unpredictable. So when we have predictability, it helps us to give us a sense of control in our life. When we don't have order, anxiety can increase. So trying to keep consistent with routines in your life while having a sense of order is important. But I will also emphasize the importance of having flexibility. So as we have all seen in the last several months, flexibility and being able to pivot has been truly essential to getting through changes we've had to make. So I often describe it as being like a a tree in a storm. That tree has to bend um, in the storm, otherwise it will snap, it will break. Um, So one of the things that I I think is sometimes helpful for people just in their routine in their day is maybe making a list of three things that you can control in your day. Um, You can set set those as intentions for your day, and sometimes that's a really good way to be focused. Can you give us an example of that? It would be three things that you might think that you can do, you know, if you have the intention to call someone that you haven't spoken to lately. It would be the intention to maybe clean out a drawer. It can be the intention to, um, you know, write a letter that you needed to do or just take care of one task that you needed to do. But just having those three things on a list and knowing that you've accomplished them um, helps with that sense of purpose, helps with knowing that you've done something meaningful for the day and can really just also help to manage that feeling of, anxiety and just no structure to your day. So when I get up in the morning, if I have a day ahead of me, no matter whether it's I'm going to work or I'm here at my home taking care of my loved ones or anything like that, just picking out three, maybe even simple things. Absolutely. They don't have to be complicated at all. Uh, You want them to be something you can accomplish, something that doesn't overwhelm you, but something that makes you feel like you've 
manage your day, not that the day is managing you, but yes, that you've taken care of things that are um, necessary and given you, you some sense of purpose for your day. Do I look back on those at the end of the day? If you want to, I think anybody that does that, they can review back what have, through what have I accomplished in the day to say, you know, I've, I've done something that's meaningful for me. I've had some purpose. I have intention in my day. And that, again, just helps to manage that sense of anxiety. So talking about habits and routines, I think many of us have a habit, even a subconscious habit, of checking social media or the daily news throughout the day, especially if we have a lot of discretionary time in our day, Definitely. compliments of COVID. How can all of that impact our anxiety levels? What we have to consider with that is the amount of stimulation that's coming into um, our presence, into our body, into our mind. Um, I often tell people we need to be cautious of everything that's coming into our life and into our body. Um, and when we have social media and screen time and all of those things um, as part of our day, we just we need to manage those things. Um, many people who are anxious can also be what we would consider highly sensitive. And when people are highly sensitive, and that's not everyone, but oftentimes you find that with people who are anxious. Um, too much simulation can lead to overwhelm and overthinking. Um, so limiting things such as social media, TV time, electronics, all of those things overall, limiting that can be helpful. Um, we've had so much information coming at us over the last several months, and while it's important to have some level of knowledge about the news and events in the world, we need to be careful and mindful of how much we allow into our presence, into our mind, into our body. So I always remind people, you are the gatekeeper for your well-being and mental health in this arena. Let your mind have the time to relax and not have to process. Um, take time to be still and just remember, we are human beings, not human doings. It seems like checking social media and spending time in front of the TV can almost be a mindless thing before I know it, an hour's gone, two hours have gone. How do I become more purposeful in my time that I spend with screens and stimulation? I think it's, again, knowing um, what you're doing, being intentional with what you're doing and making that choice. Um, it's, a, it's a big distraction, and there are also components of um, you know, looking at social media and screens and all of those things that are addictive in nature um, have a lot to do with the, the um, dopamine receptors in our brain. So we have to be mindful of that, but also it's more of just setting that intention. What am I going to, what am I doing? What's the purpose in this? And trying to really remind yourself, maybe setting an alarm of saying, how much time am I going to allow myself to spend on this? Blocking it off on a calendar. All of those things seem excessive in some, in some ways when we think about it that way, but it's a very helpful way to help us manage ourselves. Seems like even that example you gave earlier of I might start my day with three things I want to accomplish today, and those might be more purposeful, enjoyable things Absolutely. than just social media. Yes. So for our listeners, we'll summarize some of those tips from Christine in our podcast notes. And we encourage you to take some time to think about how you might incorporate them into your own routines and habits. And in our final podcast, Christine will be back again. Thank you, Christine. And we'll look forward to talking with you about a few additional strategies for coping with anxiety. So let's turn now to Father Mike. Father Mike, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me here. 
So we're talking about habits and routines. What are some spiritual practices that we can incorporate into our lives that might help reduce anxiety? That's a great question. Last podcast, we mentioned uh, prayer, coming to visit Christ in the Eucharist, uh, or prayer corner, taking a walk in the woods. But there is one uh, daily spiritual tool that I would mention here, and that's what we call spiritual discernment. One of the questions that I receive often when people come seeking counsel and advice is, in one way or another, they're wanting to know if they are right with God. They're wanting to know what God wants from them. Are they, are they living the way he wants? Are they, are they doing the, the career that God wants? Or There's a lot of questions revolving, am I doing God's will or not? Right? So spiritual discernment is a way of uh, it's a type of prayer. It's part of prayer. It's, it's a way of coming to understand God's will. But I think one of the prior questions, though, is to ask ourselves, well, what do we mean when we say God's will for our lives? And that's where we can sometimes, I think, go astray. We, we have an, an understanding or a false image of what God's will is for us, and how can I be doing that or living within that? In the, in the Bible, when the Bible actually says in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, when it uses the expression God's will, it's actually better translated God's desire or God's dream for us. In English, we only have that word to say God's will. And so we sometimes get this idea that it's, a, it's something that God has planned out ahead of time. It's a straitjacket that we have to figure out and adapt to. And we forget that God's dreams and desires for us are that we love him and that we are loved by him. That's his deepest will, that we live in a relationship with him. And that's part of the fruits of prayer. And so our question about knowing God's will, uh, if we look at it from that point of view, all right, what's God's dream for my life? What does God desire at the deepest level for me? That's a better question to ask, and it leads to uh, receiving better answers in prayer. Father Mike, that is so beautifully said. For me, that offers a lot of peace and comfort just to consider God's will from the perspective of his dreams and his desires for my life. So how would I use that on a daily basis to reduce anxiety or stress? We can ask ourselves each day, how can I love today? How can I be a person who lives that charity, who seeks the good of the other and not just for oneself. And so what helps me to love more? That's a good question to ask. What helps me to love more? At the beginning of your day, that's a question. How will I love God today? Because Jesus is in the Gospels. He comes to invite many people to follow him, and he usually makes it kind of a conditional question, invitation. He says, if you wish to be perfect, right? come follow me. Uh, he invites St. Peter, will you give up your boat and your nets and follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. It's a, it's a request. It's an invitation. It's not something he was. St. Peter was forced into. Right? And so looking at our life as a response to God's love for me, right? that's a free, loving response. God's calling out to me every day, and how will I respond today? That allows us to be very creative in how we respond to God. It allows us to be uh, truly free in that response. It's a beautiful way of looking at life. So what helps me to love more? 
another way of looking at that or asking in spiritual discernment in your prayer is when I'm when I am most at peace, what do I want and desire? When I'm in a good place, when I'm in a good moment of the day, when I'm feeling generous, you could say, what are the desires of my heart then? That's often when we can hear the whisper of God in our heart, right? knowing that you could say that in the, in the better moments of our soul, in the better places in our heart, right? what do we find there? What's my deepest desires? That's a great tie-in to Christine's suggestion that we identify some things we can do every day that are within our control. And I think certainly doing something loving can be part of that. So are there any other ways to discern if you're right with God? Another way to know if you're right with God is to open the Bible and look at the life of Jesus and ask yourself, is my life following the life of Jesus? Am I on his path? Does my life look like the life of Jesus in some way, right? Am I doing good to others? Am I praying? Am I loving the Father? Am I, uh, is my spirit just open and generous, right? Jesus also had difficult moments. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He had his cross. He went out into the desert where he was tempted. All of those are parts of the human life. And so looking at the life of Jesus and allowing his life to be lived out in my own life is, a, is certainly a beautiful way of discovering God's will for you. Father Mike, I know some people spend some time thinking or praying at the end of the day. How might we use that time to reduce stress or anxiety? At the end of the day, to ask yourself, where did I find God today? Maybe it was a person you met. Maybe it was an encounter that you had. In some way, God touched your soul that day. Did you recognize it? And looking back on your day this way, if you can start to see those patterns where you realize God really isn't that far from you. You're not abandoned. You're not forgotten. He really is a part of your life. And that helps you the following morning when you wake up in your prayer. You can tell God in your heart, that day, how you're going to respond to his love. What's going to be your creative uh, way of sharing his love with others? Right? So at the beginning of the day, you're offering everything to him. Seems like those beautiful strategies are more likely to happen if we're intentional about spending even just a few moments at the beginning of our day and the end of our day connecting with God. Certainly. Certainly making, uh, at times you'll hear the expression, uh, developing the habits of prayer. right? And, and, it, and it can be in many ways a habit. And I'm a, I'm a person who likes to schedule out my whole day. At the beginning of the day with my coffee, I, I, I write out everything I'm going to do. And I put in times for prayer. And uh, not to use myself as an example, but that's a habit that I believe I, I learned in the seminary, and, and it's helped me so much. So being intentional, as you say, Darby, in some way, making time, carving out those times. Uh, and if you're busy, like let's say you have three little kids running through the house all the time, and you know a busy mom or dad is thinking to themselves, how can I possibly do that? Well, the prayer God wants for you as a busy mom or busy dad is the prayer of a busy mom or a busy dad. He's not asking you to spend hours and hours in prayer alone or visiting the church. That's not his will for you in that moment. It's to be present to your children and to your spouse, which in many ways is the face of Jesus turned toward you. Loving your spouse and your children is loving Christ. It's no different. And there'll be times in your life seasons of life that change when you'll have more time. And so for our parishioners that are uh, retired or elderly, 
they have so much more time to dedicate to prayer, and they do. You know, look out the office window, and I see the people coming in during the working hours. It's often our seniors in our parish, and they're such a gift to us seeing their faith. They've lived a life of saying yes to God, and they continue doing that now in a peaceful way, just letting God be a part of their life. So there are seasons as well to our life. There's going to be busy times and, uh, and more peaceful times, and, and they're all part of God's desires for our soul. So that question that you suggested, we might think about how can I love God today is something that we do just in the context of our everyday lives. Yeah, it relates to God's, uh, your, your, your vocation in life. It relates to, to God's uh, dreams for you. And, and that's ultimately what we find written in the Gospels, right? God is love. And so our faith is this journey deeper into the heart of our Heavenly Father, and it will end up being this deep communion of love and that begins here on earth it's not something that just happens in heaven but heaven begins here we all have one foot in heaven because of our baptism and because of that uh, when that is allowed to you could say penetrate your life color every part of your life uh, life changes and it's so much more beautiful and that is why as we've mentioned in these podcasts that those uh, men and women with a, a deeper faith tend to adapt to changes and difficulties uh, more so than people who don't have any faith. It is because that hidden presence of God in their soul allows us to do great things, and that's a gift of our faith. So those beautiful ways that you shared with us, Father Mike, of uh, connecting to God's dream for us through spiritual discernment. I think I noted four or five of them. We'll include those in our podcast notes for our listeners. And we look forward to talking with you next time, Father Mike, about some additional faith-based ways to help with anxiety. Thanks again to both Christine Simpson and Father Mike Mitchell. And we invite all of you to try out some of the strategies they've shared today. And even to share some of these with loved ones who might be experiencing anxiety. Things that we talked about today could be used by young children, and all, as Father Mike said, all the way up to our, our retired seniors. We'll be back in our final podcast with more strategies for helping with anxiety. We're grateful to be with you in faith and prayer.